8.30, bright and sunny. It's the Thursday edition of Jacksonville's Morning News. We're going to be headed into the weekend on a pretty nice note. Weather is going to be very winter-like for northeast Florida and in the mid to upper 60s, maybe even flirting with 70 degrees tomorrow. With a 9 on the weather meter today, look for sunny skies. Cool but nice, upper 60s. Looks like our best chance of rain this weekend, maybe Saturday afternoon. So it could be a little bit sloppy at Everbank Field for the Monster Jam. There are two shows, remember. you got Saturday evening and then uh, Sunday as well. Three big things you need to know. The five-day forecast all coming up within the next half hour. But we wanted to bring in Mayor Lenny Curry from Jacksonville and, and get to a lot of the questions that come out of yesterday's announcement on a new piece of technology that is going to be hopefully hitting the streets fairly soon. That can really speed up the process of both investigations and prosecutions of gun crime. But I guess bigger picture even as well, Mayor, as we were talking uh, the last uh, several weeks about some of these high-profile gun crimes that we've had in Jacksonville from Art Walk to um, at the landing with two teenagers who were shot. The awful story of five-year-old Serenity Allen at Roosevelt Gardens apartment shot by her older brother with a gun in the house. Someone is being held responsible for it, the adult who owned the gun or was responsible for the gun. So we want to bring you in, kind of talk about big picture stuff and then maybe get into a few other topics as well. So first of all, thank you for coming in and significant to be able to make this request. And the distinction is is important. This was um, an emergency request for funding. So it would be moving the $250,000 from somewhere else to pay for the technology. How does that all work, I guess? Yes. Uh, good morning. Good to be with you. So yeah, yesterday I announced that I will be asking the council president and the council for a one-cycle emergency. That is, it moves it through city council uh, at a faster rate to appropriate $250,000 for a technology, uh, technology known as a ne- uh, the software is, is called NIBIN, uh, which is a, an information sharing network. Uh, that's a f- it's a federal database. And then the, I- the machine is an IBIS, which is a machine that ties into the network. So what does all that mean? What's an IBIN and an <laughs> IBIS mean if you're a listener and you want and you care about our city and you want it to be a safe city? Uh, when a when a when a gun fires a bullet, the casing has an imprint on it from the gun, much like our fingerprint. It is unique to that gun. This network will allow our our JSO, our sheriff's office, and our state attorney uh, to more quickly identify and tie that bullet to guns that have been used in other crimes uh, within 24 to 72 hours. Currently, it could take weeks, if not months. Uh, and this is critical in tying cases together. Law enforcement then. To uh, finding probable cause and getting someone off the street uh, much, much faster. I would imagine it's a piece of a larger picture where collaborative efforts continue. Uh, I remember from the campaign with you and Mike Williams talking about the kind of relationship that the two of you would have to try to curb gun crimes and crime in general in Jacksonville with the new state attorney, Melissa Nelson, as well. So how does this kind of add to that? We know Shot Spotter is this sure. uh, visual technology that's out there as well. Body camera discussion has been going on. Does it all come together? It does. And so let's talk big picture. So in the campaign and since I've been in office, I've said that public safety remains my top priority. Most major cities are facing public safety issues, gun-related crime issues. Uh, ours was compounded here in our city because the reality is we had to, our, our sheriff's office, our law enforcement suffered tremendous cuts over the years. I've been in office now a year and a half and had two budget cycles and have clearly demonstrated in those budgets that public safety is the priority. I've restored police officers, 80 police Police officers in the first two budgets uh, updated a 911 system, updated a fingerprinting system. And there's a long list of investment I'm making in public safety. 
this, uh, so that's digging us out of a hole. This type of network, Ibin and Ibis, that we're talking about is, is not only digging us out of a hole, but moving towards innovative technologies, working with the sheriff and the state attorney. Uh, when you, when you look big picture how we pull all this together, myself, Sheriff Williams, and State Attorney Nelson will be traveling to Denver sometime in April. Uh, Denver is on the cutting edge of using this technology and of, of having a gun crime lab that quickly Again, ties, ties these things together so you can get the bad guys off the street. How have their results been successful over the year that you've been studying this or maybe even yeah, months? I mean, if you studying. go, so I learned about this technology in a meeting with the state attorney. You know, we, our state attorney was just sworn in, Melissa Nelson, and I was over talking to her about uh, my top concern, my daily frustration. I want this city to be safe. I want to see results and I want to see them now. Uh, and she shared this technology and this information with me, went back, she gave me some papers on it, went back, immediately researched to talk to the sheriff about it and said, let's move on this. Uh, but again, this is a piece of a bigger puzzle uh, that we're going to work together to, to, to solve this problem. The you know fighting crime and getting uh, making your city safe is multi-pronged. Uh, there's the enforcement piece, which we've struggled with because, again, before I was in office, major number, almost 150 cops were cut. You have to have boots on the ground to be able to enforce. You have to have boots on the ground also for those officers to have the time to get out of their cars and be able to engage the community. When they're cut to the bone, they're running from call to call. So the enforcement piece, we're adding more police officers. There's also the prevention and intervention piece, which is a huge investment that the city had cut in previous years that I've begun to reinvest in again. And that is a program called the Jacksonville Journey that says we are going to invest in our young people. We are going to invest in at-risk youth. Uh, in a targeted way, which gives them educational opportunities and an opportunity to make better decisions. You know, I'm glad you raised that point because so much of the attention is focused on what can be done before gunfire, sh- before the violent act actually occurs. And I would imagine that there's probably some trickiness in explaining to the average person that the results are successful because it does happen over periods of time, perhaps years, versus maybe, if you will, you use the phrase, a low-hanging fruit. I mean, you can use some of this technology that can immediately start to make an impact, the relationship building that has to happen. But are you patient enough with how it's rolled out and the kinds of programs that are already happening behind the scenes on the prevention side? Well, look, the prevention intervention piece takes time. And when you invest it in a serious, targeted way, uh, it's just happening and it's working and the citizens, they don't know about it. They just know that crime has dropped and violence has dropped. And that's a good thing. When the city invested in prevention and intervention under the Payton administration in a very, very heavy way, we saw major drops within a few years of, of violent crimes. Uh, those programs were cut. We're going to invest in those. We are now and we're going to be patient. But what the people of Jacksonville need to know is that we care about what's happening today in their neighborhoods and that we are going to put police officers on the ground, boots on the ground, that we have a state attorney that will prosecute you if you are a bad guy, uh, that this is not a city where you can run rampant uh, and, and, 
and shoot guns in and around any neighborhood. Downtown, we don't want you shooting guns downtown, but every neighborhood needs to know that we are focused on them and their safety and getting bad guys off the street. Is there a realistic timeline that you expect that this um, this technology will be on the streets? Is it by the summertime, or is that too aggressive of a timeline? No, so we'll go. We'll be through city council, we believe, by the end of the month. Uh, then it will go into procurement through uh, JSO, and I think that uh, that's a possibility. That's a reality. I haven't looked at the procurement timeline, but asking for an emergency one-cycle funding through city council means we want to move aggressively and move fast. Are we at a point where there are other proposals that you are already on your desk that you would also put the same characterization to an emergency? Uh, you know, we'll make our trip to Denver, uh, and I expect to come back from that trip with um, collaborating with the state attorney and the sheriff with some some really good ideas. I think it's important that that, that people know that the three of us are focused uh, and aligned on making this a safe city. Uh, it is it is what I get go to bed thinking about at night, and that's what I get up thinking about in the morning. For those whose neighborhoods have not been impacted, in the way that other neighborhoods have been impacted, as I hear about technology that goes out into the community, but I wonder, geez, it's only a matter of time before it spreads into my community. What immediate plans are you working to address or maybe in the upcoming budget cycle to address in some of the neighborhoods that maybe don't pop up when you look up the crime mapping data, for example, on the sheriff's office website? Well, to continue to invest again in law enforcement, uh, we still, even though we're on our way back to getting uh, the, the right number of cops on the ground, we still have a ways to go because the cuts were so deep and significant, which brings me to uh, when you tie all this up in terms of our ability to invest where we should, we are on the, the cusp of being done with the pension reform that I started over a year ago, the half penny that was secured to fund the unfunded liabilities. Uh, we we now have agreements with the police and fire union leadership. Uh, we'll move on to a membership vote and then city council. When we're successful, and I believe we'll be successful with those votes, we will then have once and for all secured that half penny to fund the unfunded pension liabilities, well, which will give our operating budget the dollars that we need in our operating budget to continue to invest in public safety in the right way and the right amounts. This next operating budget, or is it? If we, that's the goal. I mean, we're, we've been incredibly aggressive with this, uh, the pension reform. Uh, the, you know, the voters said yes in the end of August. We immediately got into collective bargaining. Uh, police and fire unions, uh, leadership agreed. Uh, AFSME on the general employee side, the largest union representing general employees has agreed. So I, 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 my goal is to get this done uh, so in this, it, it has an impact this budget cycle. What are you doing with the membership to try to make sure that you're explaining and answering all the questions that may come up on the contract that's up? Sure. So we, uh, I've been to all the JSO roll calls. So when the men and women at JSO, uh, you know, go to work, they go to roll call. And after we put the offer on the table, I went to all of those and start. I think they start at five in the morning and go till seven or eight in the evening. Um, which, by the way, is an is an incredibly moving experience. I was there to communicate the terms of an offer and to take questions, but to stand in that room and see those men and women that are about to go out uh, and, and literally put their life on the line for us every day. Uh, I got something back from that that you don't go in knowing you're going to get. Uh, Does that allow you to appreciate a little bit more some of the concerns that officers or firefighters and union members have? Uh, without question. Uh, you know, firefighters as well. I've spent a number of time talking, speaking with them. Um, and, 
what you realize is policemen, firemen, first responders, when they go to work every day, their families have to because they don't know what, what they're going to walk into. They don't know what kind of call is going to come into that fire station. They don't know what kind of call is going to come in to that police car and where that man or woman is going to end up. So uh, I, I tell them every time I see them that uh, appreciate them. And um, the, the biggest the biggest risk I face on any given day is, you know, somebody in public disagreeing with me, having a debate at a town hall. Uh, my gratitude to them is deep because they're literally putting themselves on the line physically for us every day. When is membership expected to vote? Is that in March, April? And what, what will you be doing over the coming weeks to ensure that you're available to answer the questions? And is there a common question that keeps coming up? Is it the move from uh, the current system to a 401k style? Is it how do we pay for the uh, increase in compensation that comes under the contract as it's proposed now? Where does that money come from? What What themes are you getting? most often well what I've communicated is that the offer is uh, it represents uh, the work that men and women in police and fire do every day they've had almost a decade of pay cuts and no pay raises uh, the offer that I've put on the table that they're looking at now has uh, significant pay increases over three years uh, significant but I remind the public they've had pay cuts and no pay raises for years uh, it, it also ensures the offer that I put on the table that they get the benefits they were promised. Uh, previous administrations made promises to these men and women, and they built their lives around these benefits, and uh, we ought to keep our promises. And the half penny that we secured will allow us to do that. Uh, but then also it creates new plans for new employees that are sustainable so taxpayers know that we're not going to be in this situation again. Uh, and, and those plans are also uh, set up in a way that will, will attract and retain uh, public safety workers in, today and into the future. Are there long-term concerns that you have over being able to attract the, the high level of talent without a pension and with a different kind of so – something that would be unique for any other large city? No, the defined contribution plan that's on the table for new hires, it looks nothing like a defined contribution plan you see uh, in the private sector. Uh, the the city match is 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 much larger than the private sector, uh, and that re that represents the risk these men and women will face every day. The death and disability benefit is exactly the same of the ones uh, of the current police and fire, uh, so their families will know that they're protected as well. Is there a total number in terms of budget impact for the upcoming budget uh, to be able to pay for that? increase in, in the base compensation. Is there a total number on that and where does all that sure. come from? Does something not get funded as a result? All uh, So all the numbers, if we get through the bargaining with the union membership, then we go to city council. Mm -hmm. And that's the way our government works. Uh, that's where all the transparency plays out. The, we lay all these numbers out to city council. Uh, they evaluate them. And then they vote. And the public gets to see exactly what this is going to cost us and what this looks like. Um, the, the the big answer here, though, on the budgetary cycle is we solve the pension crisis. We get a yes vote on all of this. We get access to the existing half penny that the voters voted to use for pension costs. That allows us to use our operating budget dollars for things we should be using them for versus pension costs every year. Taxpayers need to know that right now over $300 million of their tax dollars go to pension costs. 
over $300 million. That's money that should be invested in their parks and their sidewalks, and I say most importantly, in their public safety. With the law enforcement component that we were talking about and all the new technology that's available, uh, do you have a line? Has there been discussion that you've had with the state attorney, with the sheriff on the line that, that may be a little bit tricky, maybe not with this program we're talking about um, with the technology after the crime has happened, but with things like cameras, about privacy, about those issues, how do you balance that and what's your line on that? Yeah, so the sheriff and I have had conversations about body cameras. That's an issue that uh, came up in the campaign and since since I've been put into office and, and the sheriff is comfortable with body cameras and again, he's the expert in law enforcement, so uh, I'm on board. Uh, he will work with uh, the union leadership and with his officers to make sure that there's policies in place surrounding those cameras. I've heard him talk about He's talked to me about that. There have been areas where body cams have been rolled out uh, and, and in a way that, um, that had some issues. They're doing all their homework and research. So when they have all these policies in place and these cameras hit the street, they've done it right the first time. We'll dig a little bit. And I have confidence they will. We'll dig a little bit deeper into some of the other um, ideas and proposals that are already on the table and may be coming through over the coming months.